I appreciate that. Yeah, that's a that's a great song, just a great testimony, and a special song for us. I think I've mentioned, but I'll mention it again. As Ryan, I just uh, I, we actually sung that song during our wedding reception years ago, fifteen years ago, and um, we our reception. We were, I was a music director at the time at our church over there, and so we had a very musical. Um, reception, even our MCs, we had a couple, we made them sing, made my cousin sing, and a couple of our bridesmaids and groomsmen, they all, we all made them sing, you know, and then, and then we got up after all the speeches and we sung that as a bit of a testimony, and uh, I think even the, the venue got carried away with all of the music, and the venue host, just completely without our knowledge, he just gets up, grabs a mic. And he says, I've never heard so much singing at a reception. Then he starts singing. <laughs> and, you know, he starts singing, why, 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 Delilah? <laughs> With the, and then before we know it, the whole crowd was singing, and he was going up to random people, even preachers. I won't name who they were. They, they suddenly started singing that, and it was bizarre. But anyway, we, we had a great time, obviously. And, but that's, uh, that song... Not, not why, 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 Delilah, God's been good, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is, a, is a memorable song for us. So I appreciate the group singing that. And I think if we really think about the song and think about all of the, the summary of our lives and even the ups and downs of it, we recognize that actually God is good. And He's good all the time. And we, we recognize that, that in all of it, He does all things even for our good. And we're glad for that. And so appreciate you coming along this morning, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And we'll turn to a few different passages of Scripture this morning. But I'm glad for the, uh, for the, the joy it is to open God's Word. And uh, what I'm going to preach about this morning is, um, is probably nothing new to you. And yet it's something that I think many times we as Christians, we can neglect to, to seek after when probably... It's more available to us than any other people in the world. And when we think about this topic, I, I want you to know that if, it's, if there's one thing that I could ask for you to pray for me, it would be for this thing to be, to be something growing in my life. And I hope that it would be something that you would desire as well in your own life. And I think when you... Consider this, you'll recognize that if, we, if you applied this much more in your own life, it would probably save you a lot of some of the regrets and some of the heartaches from previous and, and would also protect you from those kind of regrets and failures and all of that going forward. And what we're going to talk about is just simply wisdom this, this morning. And we all probably understand that the book of Ecclesiastes is a, it's a tremendous book. There's a lot of things that we can glean from the, the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes really was written by King Solomon, who we know famously asked for nothing when God gave him a blank check. He, he really didn't ask for anything else but wisdom. And because of that, God granted him that wisdom, supernatural wisdom, but he also granted him all of the the, the riches and the honor that, that Solomon, that we know he had. He had a great kingdom and he following after King David, his father. 
you understand that those were big shoes to fill. And yet here comes Solomon and he expands the kingdom. And we also know, though, that in all of his wisdom, there were some failures in his life. And what we find is now he's recounting and thinking through all of that has happened in his life and all of what he's considered and the key theme of being under the sun. And he recognizes some things that we can learn from. And yet when you think about all of what Solomon uh, said about wisdom, it really, it really sometimes comes down to just deciding and then seeking after what the Bible calls wisdom. You know, I think sometimes we can equate wisdom as just simply knowledge. And yet what we know from, from the Bible is this, it's not just knowledge, it's actually more than that, it's, it's knowledge from the Lord applied is what wisdom is. And we, we all have knowledge, and, and yet many times it just stays as knowledge. You know, what knowledge is, knowledge is understanding that a tomato is a fruit, but wisdom is understanding that a tomato doesn't belong in a fruit salad, right? It's about applying what you know. It's about understanding some things, but then wisdom, what wisdom is, is that that knowledge from the Lord that then allows us to see life from his perspective. And that's what wisdom is. And, and Solomon had a lot to say about wisdom. In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, in, in another book that he wrote, and, and really, if you're thinking about wisdom this morning and you're looking for wisdom, that's a good place to start is just in the book of Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom. But Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6, the, 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 the author writes here, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. But notice that one of the key things about wisdom is that the Lord giveth wisdom. And so this morning, if you're, you're considering this year and the things ahead of you and there's some, some things that you just need some answers for, then you've got to start with just understanding that wisdom comes from the Lord. That, that Solomon, in all of what he teaches, wisdom is something that you can get but it's gained from the Lord. And so really, if we would walk with God and if we would seek Him in His Word, then much wisdom is there. Much wisdom can be gotten straight away. That wisdom is something that we receive from God. He goes on in Proverbs 3.13. He says, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. See, wisdom is also something that we, we, we can gain that then results into something else in our lives. And he's saying, if you get wisdom, you'll also get happiness. And yet so many times, don't we, we, we try to, to do it the other way. We're trying to pursue happiness. We're trying to pursue activities and we're trying to pursue accomplishments and we're trying to pursue different parts of life that really, in the summary of it, we want to pursue just more happiness in our lives. And yet the Bible's telling us the secret actually to gain, gaining happiness in our life is to get wisdom. He's saying that's more important. And, and, and yet there's so much, you know, the, the Bible also tells us in Proverbs 4, 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And, and, and the, the main thing is this, with all thy getting, get understanding. But he's saying wisdom is the principal thing. And, and really, when we're walking in life and we're trying to attain and trying to accomplish different things in our lives... All of those things can result in some things, but he's saying in all of your getting, 
in all of your gaining, get this, get wisdom. He's saying, pursue that. Get that. You know, I, I look around and there's a lot of things to gain in this world. There's a lot of things that we put our minds to, to put our efforts to. There's a lot of things that we as God's people even, we, we invest in and we put our time and effort in. But what, what is most needful, the principal thing, is to get wisdom. You know, the Bible also says this about wisdom. Wisdom is, a, wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. You know, the, the whole idea there is that rubies was a, a precious stone. Rubies is something that, that was desirable, that if you had, was a rare commodity that not everyone has. And it's something that people generally desired. If you had rubies, you were something. And, you know, there's much today that, that we, we consider as something that is valuable. There's a lot of things today that we can say we desire that and and there's probably, if we took the time this morning and you had a blank sheet of paper and you wrote down everything that you desired, there'd be some, some pretty eye-opening things there. Some, some simple things, just, you know, if we could just have a, a roof over our heads. If we could have this, some, some would have greater dreams per se. Uh, I wish I had this type of car. I, I wish I, I was this uh, level of, uh, of education. And we have all of these things that are greatly to be desired that we can attain to in this world. But he's saying, you know, what's more desirable than that? And by implication, what he's saying, you know, what's more valuable than that? He says, all of that, all of the things that you can desire. So if we combine everything that you wrote on those pieces of paper and we wrote a long list of those things, you know what's, gonna, what's greater than all of those things that you desire? Saying wisdom. You know, you watch sometimes and you watch as, as people plan their lives. And I've done it as well. You, you look at all of the different goals and you have different things that you'd like to accomplish and, and different, different uh, milestones in our lives that we, we hope to get to. And, and not all of those things are, are bad and wrong. Probably in this room, most of those things and probably all of those things are just good in themselves. But he's saying above all of that, says, get wisdom. And that's what Solomon says. And Solomon, the, the very one who, in his, in his tenure as a king, he, he did some things, and, and you, you, you marvel at the kind of decision-making that he had. You remember that, 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 that uh, situation where they were, there were two mothers fighting for one child. And evidently, the one child had died overnight and had been stolen by the other, and they were trying to... to to get before the magistrate and say, hey, whose child is this? You decide. And so they get before King Solomon. And, and I always read this and I, I think about, how did he think about that? And he said, um, get the child and get a sword and let's just divide the child. And, and you know the story, the mother, the real mother cries out, no, 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 give her, give her the child. Just let the child live. And I think about that kind of wisdom and that kind of discernment and that kind of understanding and that's the, that's the one saying, get wisdom. This guy knows what he's talking about. This guy knows what difference it makes. This guy knows how valuable it actually is. And, and we know different stories. We know that the Queen of Sheba, having heard about all of the great riches of that nation of Israel, and 
hearing about their leader, this wise king named Solomon. She said about that, you know, I heard about these things, but I come now and I see all of it. It's much more than even your reputation had to say about it. And, and, and that's the wisdom that he's talking about. He, he was able to progress the kingdom further than probably anyone could have imagined. And yet, even the wisest one had to remember about wisdom again. Because one of the things that we understand as you read through the book of Ecclesiastes, toward the end of his life and now having some regret, he goes back then re re reemphasizes the great need for wisdom. You know, really, when it comes down to it, for us as God's people, wisdom is available to us. You know, I think many of us, if we could really look back, we could, uh, we could say we, if there's some things we wish we could have changed. We wish we could have avoided. And you know what? I'm going to summarize that by saying that there's some of those that you probably could have avoided. And there's many things I know in my life I probably should have avoided and could have avoided if I had just applied some wisdom in my life. You know, wisdom is available to each and every one of us. You know, the Bible tells us what, how, how that wisdom comes about. You know, wisdom really is, is summarized with this statement. It's really the application of God's word. That's what wisdom is. You know, that's that parable, again, he shares in Matthew chapter 7. There was that, the wise man that built his house upon the rock, right? And the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. And if we had a little bit more time, and uh, we could have the kids sing that song, right? They have, they have that Sunday school song that they sing. And, and we talk about the, the, the wisdom of that man who built his house upon a firm foundation. But I want you to know what the Bible says about that man in Matthew 7 and if you want to quickly turn there, look at verses 24 to 25. We all, we all agree that that's a wise thing. We all agree why the Bible would define that man who built his house on the foundation of the rock, on, on, a, on a stable surface, why he would be called wise. But notice what the Bible says in expanding that Jesus teaching this. He says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine... And notice what the crux of it, and doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. But, but I want you to note the, the key thing that he says. It's not about the hearing of it. Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, there's a lot of people who will attend church this morning, just like yourselves. There's, there's a lot of people who've attended thousands of services and thousands of times where the Bible's been opened. And yet when you look at it and they, they, you summarize the events of their lives, you see some foolishness and you see a lack of wisdom. And what it is, it wasn't that they weren't there to hear it. They were there to hear it. They just didn't apply it. He says, the one who built his house upon the rock he heard, and then he did. And that's who we should be, right? We should not only be hearers of the word, but doers as well. And we understand that, that, that really, when it comes to this very thing that we're asking about, that we're speaking about this morning, this very thing called wisdom, it's having that perspective of life from God's perspective. It's something that you can glean from the Lord. 
But it's something that you can only gain if you'll hear the Word of God and do the Word of God. That's the difference between a wise man and a foolish man. That's the difference. And so when we're talking about wisdom today, all of these benefits of that, all of the greatness of wisdom comes to naught if one, we're not willing to listen, but then secondly, we're not willing to apply what we hear. And, and this morning, we're just gonna, it's just an exhortation to just, just get into the mode of wanting to receive wisdom. And then coming through the rest of this year, understanding that there's something for you. That when you come to a time of learning, when you come to conversations with others, and when you come into this, this thing that we call life, that actually God very much makes to us available the very way that we can live through it in a manner that would, one, please Him, but secondly, protect us and provide for us a means to go through it with minimal heartache and with minimal consequences, and it's called wisdom. And so really, as we come to this this morning, we, we come with that context of who was teaching and who was referring to this very story that we read right earlier when we had the Bible reading. It wasn't just anyone who was just saying, hey, I just saw some wisdom. No, this was someone who knew wisdom. This was someone who actually, when it came down to it, when he says, you know, wisdom is better to be desired than all of the things that you can desire, this was a guy who actually could try everything. And Solomon did. He tried everything. He had the means, the financial means. He, he had, the, he had the, the authority to just try everything and he concludes some things at the end of that book in Ecclesiastes. He says, fear God and, and follow his commands. But, but in all of that, in his, this dialogue that he's going to have with us this morning, he observes something that he says, this is great wisdom. He's saying there's some things that are, there's, there's some things that wisdom is better than. He says two things. He says that wisdom is better than strength and wisdom is better than weapons of war. You know, again, we live in a time where, where strength and physical strength is, is celebrated, isn't it? Right? You look around and, and uh, some of you, you've been uh, watching a little bit of the, the, the cricket over the, the source, course of the summer. And, and for, for those of you who know the game, you marvel at how fast they bowl, all of the physicality of that. But then we're looking forward to then the footy season, right? So who's looking forward to that? Just be honest. All right, there's some of you, all right. I put my hand up too, by the way, but... You know, that, that, and you look at all of the physicality of the modern day and all of the, the sports science, it's, all of that, you know what it, it summarizes? Just, they, they just want to get stronger. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good to that, isn't there? Right? There, there's, there's something about that that we're supposed to also glean from and understand. But he's saying that wisdom is better than that. You know, you look around, there's wars around, isn't there? There's rumors of war and there's wars around us. And you see all of the destructiveness of the modern day warfare, all of the, all of the buttons that people can push that can destroy countries and towns. And he's saying wisdom is better than that. Wisdom has more power than that. Wisdom has, has more to, to offer you than strength and weapons of war. 
And again, he's going to illustrate that through this story that we read earlier. And notice again in Ecclesiastes chapter 9. And we're just going to, we're just going to look at different principles this morning. And, and the, the first exhortation in our introduction is get wisdom. And maybe it's, it's been a while that, that you've just sought wisdom. That you've just said, Lord, I'm one who lacks wisdom. And in fact, he says, if any lack wisdom, let him ask. And you know, the, the, the Lord who is able, he, he won't abrade. He says he won't hold anything back. He's going to give it to you. And this morning, it might just get, get back to just seeking after wisdom every day. But, but there's some things that we can learn about wisdom in this little story that we have here. Notice again, verse 13. And again, this is Solomon speaking. He, he's observed a lot of things in his life. And now he's saying, this wisdom have I seen also under the sun, and notice what he says, and it seemed great unto me. You know what, he, he, he was going to touch on this story because it stood out to him that this was actually great wisdom. This demonstrated the greatness of wisdom. And to us, that demonstrates that if we lack it, it's something that, that can cause us great, great destruction. And yet what we find in this story is this, there's this little city in verse 14. And few men within it, and there came a great king against it, and besieged it, and built great bulwarks against it. And now there was found, in verse 15, in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city. Yet no man remembered that same poor man. Now there's no specifics in the story, we don't have any historical context as far as what this was talking about. But what we know, do know is this, there were two forces at play. What we understand is there was this one city and the Bible's very careful to tell us there was only a few people in it. So it was just a small city. And then what came up against it, and we don't know what the motivation was, but the reality was this great king with a mighty army came and besieged it. Now that was a, a common military tactic of the day. They just basically surrounded the city they, they cut it off from any kind of supply. And then to make matters worse, to include in the story was there was a great bulwark. So great walls were built up against the city to even, uh, to even again, fortify against some of the, the city's retaliations. And what we find is that there was, there was one force that was greatly outnumbering the other force. And yet what we find is the city wasn't taken over. The Bible says to us it was delivered and you know what the difference maker was? It wasn't that this small city had better weapons. It wasn't that this small city had, had greater strength, they had more strong men. No, they didn't. The only difference was, they was there was a poor wise man who had some wisdom that he shared. And because of that wisdom, this wise man, this poor wise man, the Bible says, delivered the city. And here's a point. Of that, as we think about wisdom and the importance of it and the greatness of wisdom, is that wisdom is able to overcome unlikely odds. You know, if, um, if you were to take odds of the probability of which force was going to win this battle, you would just simply look at the numbers game. You would just simply look at the larger army who already were in the best position and you would look at that and you'd say, this is a walkover. Right? There's, there's, there's just no way this small city 
could survive this, this attack by this major force. And yet what we find was this poor wise man had enough wisdom to say something. We don't know what he said. He just said something that allowed that city to be delivered. And what wisdom does in our lives is it looks at the unlikely odds and it allows us to overcome them. Hey, listen, you know, we live in a day and age where there's, there's, there's a lot of things against us trying to survive, let alone thrive, in the Christian life. You know, the, the, the forces around us are, are, are concocting plans to trip us up. You know, you look at the society that we live in and, and, and some have pause to, to bring in new life into this era of time in history. They're concerned about the kind of forces at play that are influencing and affecting the, 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 the kind of Christian life that we ought to live, but even the next generation, and we, we, we pity them for the fact that they're going to have to live through this kind, of, uh, this kind of world that they live in with all of the confusion, with all of the subterfuge, and with all of the things that, 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 that we have to put up with in this time. And, and listen, we're unlikely from, an, from, a, from what it seems like we're the minor to the major around us. From an odds point of view, we seem to be outnumbered. But you know what makes a difference? You know, some, some who are, are just concerned, how can they raise a family here? It's unlikely. How can our kids survive in this day and age when there's so much assault on, on just truth? We're in a post-truth world. How, how can... How can we live a, a godly life when there's such godlessness in our society today? How, how do we live above sin when sin is so available at the tip of our fingertips? And it just seems so unlikely that we can even live a holy life and let alone a, a fruitful, a, a productive Christian life. And yet, you know what makes a difference? You know how you can do it? Is that if you just apply some wisdom in your life. That's it. You, you just need to look to God and you need to stand firm in the Word of God and you need to understand that actually the difference maker isn't if we're, whether we're, we're talented or whether the, the, the circumstances change and suddenly we're, we're on odds on favorites to live the kind of life and have the victorious kind of life that we ought to have. Now listen, it just comes by wisdom. And wisdom is able to overcome unlikely odds. <laughs> you see, wisdom was able to deliver the city even though the chances of survival were slim. And the, the passage seems, seems to indicate, uh, again, that this wise man was all the difference. And his wisdom, his words that were shared. And, and you know, you've got to be careful to listen for wisdom and to, to glean and to have the, the mindset that, that you need wisdom. And, and thankfully, they were enough in a desperate situation to listen to this poor wise man. You know, sometimes that's how far we have to get to listen to a bit of wisdom. Sometimes we have to get to a desperate situation. And, and yet, what we find about wisdom is that wisdom is just available. It, it's not something that we have to, it's not an emergency button to press when things get dire. 
it's something that we can glean every day. But what we find in this situation was this, this poor wise man was able to turn the tide of the attack just by some wise words. And wisdom that was applied coming from this poor wise man, it was able to overcome that dire situation that they found themselves in. And the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16, 20, he that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. And there's a, there's a need for us, dear brethren, this morning to, to look at the odds around us and it just seems to be that sometimes many Christians give up the fight. They, they go, well, the world we live in, there's just no way. There's no way we can serve God in this crooked and perverse generation. We look at the world and, yeah, the, uh, of course our kids are going to go that way. Of course there's no one that, that's getting, uh, that, that, that seems to take God that, very, that, that seriously and Oh, of course it's hard and, and we can come, become downtrodden at the enemy forces that are surrounding us and yet what God's calling is for is for some wisdom to be applied. It's to just get back to a life of wisdom. Get back to that place of seeking God for the answers and seeking Him for some wisdom in our day to day. And you might be looking at circumstances in your life and and how they've been handled previously, and how you're going to handle yourself. And, and there is a need for us to behave ourselves wisely, as so many of God's people did in the, the Word of God. But, but, but we need to get to that place of just applying wisdom to our day-to-day, -to, -day, to our relationships, to our, to our finances, to, to, to the, the, the very complicated matters of life, and having wisdom because you see, sometimes we, so, we lean on our own understanding. And instead of approaching life with wisdom, we approach it with just with the lens of our own understanding. You see, in Ecclesiastes 7 verse 19, he says, This wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in the city. And what he's saying is wisdom is never about the odds of the circumstances happening or working. Even if things are stacked against you, if you apply wisdom, and again, wisdom is applying God's word. Wisdom is understanding life from the lens of God's perspective. Then he says, you know what, you, you'll overcome those unlikely odds. Hey, listen, parents, you can raise godly children. Hey, listen, young adults, you, you can seek God and please him with your life. You don't have to go down the same pathway. Hey, you don't have to go and find yourself being victimized by the forces at play in this world. No, he's saying apply some wisdom. And wisdom made all the difference. Secondly, notice as the story continues, it says, Now there was found in it a poor wise man, and he by his wisdom delivered the city, yet no man remembered that same poor man. Then said I, wisdom is better than strength. Nevertheless, a poor man's wisdom is despised. And his words are not heard. And it, you know what the, the, the story indicates was this man probably was a, a citizen of that city. He it was probably someone who wasn't new. He had always been there. And he always had some wisdom to share. And yet he was so insignificant, the Bible tells us that he was a poor wise man. And, and yet he overcame the king. And, and you know, sometimes what we think 
about wisdom is this. We think that wisdom only comes when we have some sort of status. We think that wisdom only comes by experience, and it does come by experience. But, but wisdom isn't just something that just comes naturally. It just doesn't come as you age, right? There's some, there's some, some who've lived long enough, but they've lived foolishly for very long. There are some who you look around and, and you just think, where did that come from? And God's given them some wisdom and they might not be or typical. And, and here in our story, we don't have someone who was a king. We didn't have Solomon here sitting on a throne doling out advice. No, it was a poor wise man. You know, in a context of the, the city there, he was a nobody. He would be someone that maybe you wouldn't even know. In fact, the Bible doesn't record his name. It's just someone that was in the city. And here's a point I think that the, the, the Scripture is making here, that, that wisdom isn't a respecter of persons. That, that wisdom accomplishes even without status, even without personal, uh, personal accomplishment, and, and even without position or promotion. And this wise man delivered the city, and the Bible says he wasn't even remembered. You imagine he was a difference maker, right? Usually, again, in a, to use a sporting analogy, when someone wins you the game, they're usually the ones that you lift up on your shoulders, right? Usually when you hit the winning goal or you score the winning try, man, you, you're usually remembered the most. You're the difference maker. And yet what the Bible says here is that this man had, he, he had no status at all. He had no station in life. He, he had no position. And yet he still could live his life with wisdom. And he still made all the difference. And maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, well, I'm just a mom. Well, I'm just a dad. Well, I have no, I have no experience. Well, I have... I don't actually even have a platform. Listen, you could still have wisdom. And what he's saying is, is if, if the poor wise man can have wisdom and he could make all the difference, then even if you're a nobody and even if no one knows you, you can have wisdom and you can make the difference. And it might be that you're, you're just looking and you're thinking, well, wisdom, it's got to come. Wisdom will come uh, surely. And, and yet what we're learning here that is this in verse 17, the words of the wise men are heard in quiet more than the cry of him that ruleth among fools. You know, if you are going to get wisdom, it is available to everyone. It's no respecter of persons, but you're going to have to listen carefully. He's saying the, the words of a wise man are heard more in quiet. You know, it's not, not, not boisterous. You've got to listen carefully. You know, when someone's speaking quietly, You've got to lean in a bit. You've sort of just got to seek it. You've got to train your ear to listen for it. You know, this world is really loud. This world will, will throw all of the different pieces of advice your way. And the, the Bible does tell us there is, a, there is the kind of wisdom that is earthly. There are some things that from an earthly point of view, it's wisdom. 
But, but he's saying that earthly wisdom is sensual, it's devilish. He's saying that heavenly wisdom, it leads to something, it leads to, to peace. But, but wisdom needs to be listened into and, and carefully. You know, many times we think that wisdom comes from just as you get older. And you know, you ought to get wiser as you get older. I'd hope to say, I'd hope to think that, you know, in my 42 years this year, that I've gleaned some wisdom and I've grown wiser. You know, I've had a few more gray hairs that led, came from wisdom maybe, hopefully. And, um, you know, I often joke, my, my, my wife, I think I've given her a lot of wisdom, right? She's, oh no, I shouldn't say that, but anyway, <laughs> I was going. But, you know, sometimes we think that it's just through, through just experience and as we age, it just will come. But, you know, even youth, and some of you young people, you, you should seek wisdom. And some of you young people need wisdom. You know, remember when, when David came into the battle, and David came and, and he saw that there was a, a great need, no one was standing up to Goliath, and he, he stands up, he says, is there not a, not a cause? And the, the soldiers, hey, let's bring this guy to, to Saul. He seems to want to volunteer. And, and Saul looks at him, and Saul looks at David, and he says, you're just a youth. And then he compares him to Goliath, and he was a man who was a man of war from his youth. You know what he's implying? He says, he says you know, Goliath in all of his size has more, and all of his, his skill, he has more experience, and he's got more wisdom than you, David. But we all know who won. We all know who, who, got, the, who, who got the victory. It was David. And David was characterized by, by just this thing. He, he was just someone who behaved himself wisely. And we understand that, again, that it's not necessarily that it's your age. It's not necessarily that it's your status or station in life. No, no, no. Wisdom is available to you. And, and stop. So, uh, you know, sometimes we get so enamored with other things. And as young people, you've got other ambitions for your life. And there's many things that you're seeking after. I want to tell you that one of the things that you ought to seek for daily as a young person, as young as you start to remember some things, you need to already start to seek for some wisdom. I'll tell you, that's something we ought to pray for for our young people is wisdom. Lord, grant them wisdom. Lord, give them wisdom. Lord, help them to seek wisdom. And that's something that we ought to seek for in our own lives, but it doesn't come to station. The, the, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 15.33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom. You know, it's available. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. But we've got to be listening carefully. See, the poor wise man, he didn't even have any kind of platform to convey his wisdom. No, no, someone thankfully listened to his quiet words. And sometimes that's, that's really what it is. We need to be around those who have wisdom. You know, many times I'm thankful that I had opportunities to sit around different people. You know, one of my favorite things growing up was just that my, my, my dad... And my uncle would sit around a dinner table and they would just talk about scripture. You know, after dinner, it wasn't, you know, if we flick on the TV, no, they were over and they would just discuss scripture and they would talk. And I would just sit there and, you know, I had nothing to say. I was a kid, but I listened. There was many times where they said something that, that caught my attention that I needed and I never told them. 
You know, it's not who gets the credit. It's about delivering. It's about making a difference. And, you know, I want to say to you that get around those that have demonstrated wisdom. Get around those. Have conversations and, and, and learn and observe. You see, it's in the quiet. You've got to be purposeful about your seeking for wisdom. It doesn't just come. You know, we understand wisdom cries out. The Bible says in, in Proverbs chapter 8, it's, you, you see it in the streets. And, and what he's saying there is you've got to have an eye and an ear for wisdom. You've got to, you've got to have a, an attitude that everything and everyone's a teacher. And that you can learn if you just would seek and, and lend your heart to going after wisdom. It's available to everyone. And wisdom will accomplish in you and through you if you will only learn to seek it and apply it. But then lastly, look at verse 18. As we think about this, wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroyeth much good. You know, the, the need of the hour, it seemed to be with this city that was really outmanned and outgunned, was they just, if only they had better weapons. You know, you read about different military battles and you recognize that many times the, the reason why one, one force overcame the other force was they had just superior technology. But, you know, sometimes it, the difference is just uh, some wisdom applied. You probably know this account in history in 480 BC. There was a, 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 an attack by the, the Persian forces under Xerxes. He went to attack Greece and Right there, the, we know this, the, the battle of uh, Thermopylae. There was only, they say, according to the historian Herodotus, there was only about 300 troops. But they had a clever general, Leonides, and he, he said, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll funnel the, the troops into this small, narrow path. And the, the, the attacking forces, according to, to history, he says there were millions, but more better sources said there was about 300,000. So you imagine 300 versus 300,000. And, and again, the odds weren't, were stacked against them, weren't they? But, but Leonides, he knew, he understood the terrain. He understood that there was this narrow path that they could funnel them in and they, there was no way they could outflank them. And when they brought them close, their superior hand combat skills then allowed them to negate the weapons of war. And what Leonides had, he, he, he just had this. He just applied some knowledge. He, he had some wisdom. And, and there was a famous victory that day, and, and that those 300 overcame 300,000. And from a human point of view, that disaster seemed like it couldn't be averted. But you know what wisdom does? Similarly in our story, wisdom averts what man cannot avoid. You know, some things we think are just inevitable. You know, there's different measures and, and sometimes we, we look at someone's socioeconomic, where they're at from, a, from, a, from that level of things. That we, sometimes we look at someone's education. Sometimes we look at someone's, someone's just start in life, where, who they belong to, and we think, oh, well, they'll never amount to anything. But you know what the difference, the difference that averts all of those things that we think are inevitable and unavoidable is simply just wisdom. You know, applying some wisdom. You know, some of you, you, you feel like the things are stacked against you. 
And some of you are looking at it, there's no way I could avoid that. There's no way this thing will work out. And yet, what we need and what you need is to seek for some wisdom. It's to just get to a place of just understanding that you lack it at that moment and you're going to need it from the Lord. You know, every parent needs that this morning. Some of you have young children and you're trying to raise them in a godly way. You want them to turn out. And you just need wisdom. There's some of you who you think you, you've got some different issues and there's, there's complications. And, and you know what you need? You need to just come to God and seek some wisdom. And wisdom averts what man cannot avoid. This, this seemed to be unavoidable. And listen, you know, when you think about it, we as God's people, actually overall were examples of that. You know, there was a disaster that none of us could avert. And that disaster is the consequence of sin in our lives. It's, it's a place called hell. And you know, you know what happened though? Jesus Christ, who is wisdom, he came to this earth and he made a way and us seeking that wisdom, the wisdom of the gospel, was the thing that averted that disaster in our lives. And the gospel's there. And so often our relational, our financial, our spiritual struggles, it can all be averted just through applying wisdom. And yet what we find here is that there's a great enemy of wisdom in verse 18, but one sinner destroyeth much good. You know, what will destroy, what'll destroy wisdom in, in your life is, is our tendency to sin. And we've got, to, we've got to understand that sin can, can delude us. Sin can deceive us. And you know, the, the, the great sin that so often deceives us is just a sin of pride. We're too proud. We're too proud to admit we lack wisdom. We think we've achieved it or we think we've made it. We think we've got experience under our belt. And we no longer seek wisdom like we used to seek it. You know, that, that great destroyer of any good is sin. And maybe sin has crept into your life and you've allowed it to foster and fester. And you need to get that right because, you know, one sinner destroyeth much good. We know that. We know in history we see right before, right after Jericho, we understand Achan, that God told him, don't take anything. This is my victory. They come up against AI and there was a destruction again. You know, it just seemed like likely this should have just been an easy walkover for, the, for that mighty army of Israel. But what happened? Sin happened. And listen, sin has elements of pride always. And we've got we've to we've 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 lower that. And if we're going to look at our lives and have wisdom... And allow that wisdom to avert those things that just seem inevitable. Then we're going to need to also guard our hearts from sin. And guard our lives from pride. And get back to a place of just humble seeking for wisdom in our lives. We need to be watchful against sin. See in Ecclesiastes 7.12, for wisdom is a defense. And you know the, the right defense in our lives is to just have a humility about our seeking for wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. See, wisdom, the greatness of wisdom is demonstrated 
in that it can overcome unlikely odds. You know, really, we're up against it as God's people. You know, really, from a human point of, of view, the, the things that, that we have to deal with are stacked against us. But wisdom is able to overcome unlikely odds. You know, wisdom is for everyone. And today, maybe it's just a refresh of just seeking that again. It's, it doesn't come to status, position, or promotion. And wisdom averts what man cannot resolve. And I told you at the beginning, one of my greatest prayers each day is for the Lord to give me wisdom. I need it. I need wisdom to be a good husband. I need wisdom to be a good dad. I need wisdom to be a good son and a good brother. I need wisdom to be a good friend. I need wisdom to just be a good Christian. But I need wisdom in what God's called me. I need, to be, I need wisdom as a pastor. I need wisdom as I sit and counsel. And, but I don't have wisdom of my own. Wisdom has, comes from the Lord. And wisdom comes from His Word. But wisdom is available to us. But you've got to listen and seek it. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord, for the time. And Lord, I know it was a, really, when it comes down to it, it's a simple thing of recognizing that, Lord, we so often lack. And then coming to you and seeking it each day and each moment. Father, would we just, this morning, just commit ourselves again to seeking wisdom like we should. Lord, you said that wisdom was heard more from quiet words. And so often it's us just bending our ear to, the, to the, the, the voice of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the voice of the Word of God that is a still small voice that counsels us and directs us. I pray that we just get back to that, dear God. And Lord, protect us from pride. Protect us, Lord God, from thinking that we don't need wisdom, thinking that that we've got it, we understand life. Help us, dear God, to be a learner more often than we are, Lord, an expert. And I pray that you'd help us, dear God, to just understand that we need it and get back to that desire for it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, why don't we...